This is Joy. And this is Claire. Welcome back. I almost said this is Joy and Claire. I was like, what do we say? Where are we? Where are we? Still boring, still happy, still new, still a year of 2023. We were having such a good conversation in the chat that we're like, we have to push record. We got to lose it. It's just, anyway. So we have great people in the chat. As this is our new usual, we will send out a link before we record. You can check that on our stories. If you're like, I'm not on Instagram, I can message it to you. Send us an email. This is joyandclare at gmail.com. Today, I think we have a little bit of a different mix of people because normally we've been yeah. doing this in the mornings and the weekends. Right now, it's like the middle of the afternoon on a Friday so that we can record before I'm leaving for the weekend, which we'll talk about. So welcome if you're new here. Welcome. Sorry, slash you're welcome for never doing this at the same time. Yeah, sorry and... <laughs> Maybe not. Gives more opportunities for people to join. Well, we were talking in the chat about, before we hit record, about me possibly going to New York City in March because Scott wants to go watch some March Madness games, particularly Creighton, because that's where he went to school. And so I'm like, sure, I'll go to New York City, but I really don't want to watch that. I've gone to March Madness with him before, and it's fun, but I'm like, after one, I'm good after one game. I get excited for people getting excited about sports. Like, I think that's great. I agree. I think like, it's great. I don't I don't particularly care about sports, let alone about an individual sports team. But I do enjoy being at live events, just like as totally. a whole. We went to a Colorado Avalanche hockey game with like my work team this week. I don't know anybody who plays hockey. None, none hockey information in my brain. But it still was really fun. Like the whole stadium just, erupts and like you're high-fiving and you don't know why. It's so great. People get yeah. so excited. People live for that stuff. And I just like, totally. I'm so You're for that. I'm so about and a glass of wine. It's so great. Please. Yes. Love it. So, but after one game, I was like, well, I'm going to go see a Broadway show. So we were talking in the chat about which Broadway show to see. And then I said, I want to see Funny Girl, but I've heard Lou Michelle's not that nice. And then we were like, okay, so then would the same thing happen to a male around if she was like bitchy to someone once? And, and then, so we were like, okay, this opens up a whole can of worms. It does. So I think, I don't know. I don't even remember why we all think Leah Michelle is like a snotty brat. But I think there oh, was a I time know. like around, oh, please she go. Said a, well, I'm, I'm not going to say the exact same. We could all Google it right now, things that we could all Google. But I do remember she said something pretty snarky. And I want to say racist on Twitter about some uh, Got co-worker or, or co-host. Got it. So, and, and this was like kind of, this was a, like years and years ago though, right? Like kind of right after Glee ended and like. Yeah, a long time ago. The question is, like, if she – are we sort of holding this over her head? Yeah. And I probably, like, quoted the whole thing wrong, and I'm actually, like, just playing a game of telephone and adding to the issue. Because I'm sure there was – it's, like, a mix of that. I just remember reading on Twitter, or she either, like – people started coming out of the woodwork on Twitter. Kind of like Ellen, where all of a sudden, like, one thing happens, and then everyone comes out of the woodwork, and they're like, yeah, I worked with her. She wasn't nice. So anyway, it's like in general that. So please don't like quote me. Not that I have like a big influence, but I just don't want to like add to the problem. <laughs> okay, I literally just Googled, what did Leah Michelle do? And it basically sounds like what we're all mad about still is, first of all, it should be telling that none of us really knows what it is. It's not like, oh yeah, she like totally. did this one. We hang on to the like canceling of, yeah. Yes. And it says that like some people... She received backlash for her alleged racist behavior on Glee. When did she was accused of mistreating former castmates? Literally, this article is titled, Why Does Everyone Seem to Hate Leah Michelle? She's just been accused by numerous people of bad behavior. It says when she spoke out in support of Black Lives Matter, people kind of like called her out and were like, You're racist. So I think it, but it is like a lot of he said, she said. Right. So the thing I, oh, Rose, I just uh, get a sore hand from like typing and using my hand every once in a while, using my hand, typing and using my phone. 
So like my hand is sore because I'm like wearing one of those wrist braces right now. Rose is like, what happened? I didn't break anything. I just like get, it gets sore from too much typing. So here we are. I do remember on Cassie, Busy and Cassie's Doing Your Best, Busy Phillips is Doing Your Best podcast. They were talking about this too, because Cassie used to work with all the big wigs in Hollywood. She worked for David Letterman for a long time. I believe she worked on the Daily Blast show or she worked on... Rosie O'Donnell, she worked in a ton of shows and production. And so I believe she also had like a not so nice one to one experience with Leah Michelle. In any event, in any event. So let's bring it back through this article a little bit more. And it's basically saying like some people who've worked with her do have like some really horrible stories. It says when Michelle spoke out in support of Black Lives Matter, her former Glee castmate, Samantha Ware called out Michelle's hypocrisy, accusing the actress, actress, of traumatizing her during their time on set together. The floodgates opened and more than a handful of Michelle's former co-stars came to Ware's defense, including colleagues from shows such as The Mayor and Scream Queens, with many others accusing Michelle of being a nightmare to work with. So this is a pop crush article. Anyway, all that to Very say, reliable. we were sort of, we were just kind of like going back and forth of like, first of all, is that a good enough reason to not see a show? Is that a reason to not see a show? Be like, oh, this I hear this person's like a nightmare to work with. I'm not going to go see her in that. Because she's so freaking talented. She's so talented. Like, I'm sure she's amazing. Totally. And then like, do we, do we give the same treatment to men who are supposedly difficult to work with? Would we ever even call that out about a male? Not to say that like, oh, that means we shouldn't bring it up for women. But I think it's an interesting double standard that a lot of times is very present that if like some guy out there is known to be hard to work with, it's not news. Yeah, and I, 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 and here's here's the thing: the truth probably always lands somewhere in the middle, and there's a million different versions about it. So it's not like it didn't come just out of the blue. Maybe it did, but uh, my, I think my practice because I, I just kind of like outed myself of having like a this bias of being like, well, maybe I don't know. She seems like a not nice person. I'm like, do I know her personally? So I think that's what I, I'm trying to do too. Of like, I, I don't know her personally, and she's talented, and there's a lot of great people in the cast. So maybe I will go see that show anyway. But I think it's like, you see, um, right now, I'll go into this maybe more later, but I'm reading Harry's book, which is amazing. It's called Spare, Harry the Prince of Wales. He talks a lot about that with Megan, of course. Harry, my pal Harry. Yeah. <laughs> reading you know, my pal Harry's book. You know, Harry. You know, H, they call him H, they call him, what, what, what was the other nickname they call him, you guys? Everyone in the chat probably knows, has followed him, but has. Thank you. Thank you, Mira. I knew Mira was going to follow through. It's has. Uh- <laughs> So the whole thing with uh, Megan and the Netflix documentary talks a lot about that. But the other thing, like, here's the other thing that came up. I'd love to hear everyone's take in the chat about this. Because I have so much more to say about Harry, and I'll get to that. But just recently saw a couple days ago that Gwen Stefani is in the news for cultural appropriation, which I have been, like, watching that for a while when that's going to blow up with the Harajuku girls and how she was really kind of, like, capitalizing on taking culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, hello. I wore used to wear micro buns and bindis to school as an eighth grader because I wanted to be like Gwen Stefani. Looking back now, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Good thing I'm not, like, running for president or something because those photos would use against me. So she's under fire right now, which uh, here's the thing. I welcome calling in a conversation about it because I think awareness is good. I think people need to understand when they're using a phrase or wearing something. Like even uh, I look back in the past 10 years and I used to wear, I used to wear mala beads on my wrist. And there's this awesome store where they will like put together the color and the stone, but I don't feel comfortable wearing them as a necessary. 
now. Back then, it was like there was this awesome independent store Anymore, that right. I wanted to support. I thought they were and amazing. This was like a couple years ago. No, this was like 10 years ago. Like this was, I didn't, I stopped wearing those beads like a long, long time ago. I remember going to the store, they would just do like your birth chart. And I thought it was so cool. And it was this like really tiny store that I wanted to support, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but like even looking back at that, I'm like, huh. So I think it's it's good to have the conversation of are you appropriating a culture and what is problematic about that? And I think that's an important discussion to have. However, she has been really kind of like thrown over the coals. And I don't know, like, we haven't really spoken to her one to one. So I'd love I mean, you have the report of what she said. I don't know. It's just I have questions. Gwen, if you want to come on our podcast and tell the world your side of the story, we would welcome it. Yeah, Mira says she apparently said she was Japanese. She's clearly not Japanese. Right. Valid. But here's the quote, which I, I, I'm I, not like trying to be on her side. I'm not any here. I'm just saying like when I read the quote, I was like, did she say she was Japanese? What I'm wondering is if she said she went there so often and her father worked there and there was so much of that culture that she was aware of as a kid that she felt like she was, I don't know if she said I am Japanese versus I felt like I knew a lot about the culture. Anyway, but if she said, yeah, I'm part Japanese or I have Japanese. Gwen, do better next time, I guess is the whole thing. And also, are we saying like, hey, in 1999, you started, you were doing this and now we're going to Dredge it back up 20 years later. I don't know. But so Mira in the chat is saying, hi, Mira. We've been talking about you a lot. You're basically the third person on this podcast. Yeah, Mira, you're actually our other host. Thank you. And welcome. (laughs) Love Mira. Um, And she says, which I agree with, it comes down to if you're benefiting from the appropriation and only taking those things and ignoring the rest. And that is really, I think, as a society, what we've landed on in our most current version of what appropriation really means. And like, when is it being inspired by a culture? When is it? appreciating a culture when is it appropriation and there it is a fine line and there you know there's a lot of context that really matters i don't think we are in a position to make that judgment call here but i do think it's just interesting like every celebrity seems to have their moment in this conversation of like yeah, okay well but you did this and well but what about this time you said that and that was appropriation and it's important to be aware of it. And also, I think it's important to see how those people react to that and mm-hmm. not just like yeah, carry them off, you know, don't just like hook yeah. them off the stage. Right. Kind of. Right. You know. and, and I think that goes back to we could get into a whole can of worms that I'm not going to talk about today, which is cancel culture. But I think there's something to be said. I do think some people need to be canceled. <laughs> but I also think that it's a calling in conversation, which I think that um, we've talked about in the past of it's not to say that you're just wanting to call someone out and, um, you know, rake them over the coals type of thing, but really saying, okay, tell me more about this. And then if they don't really go towards that to, to, to a deeper understanding, then I think that's problematic. But I think we all could learn from it. We all could learn by watching this and going, okay, well, I probably wouldn't have said that. That was probably a miss or that just didn't come across great in the article. So, or where is that showing up in my life where I may be doing this incorrectly and I could do better. But anyway, it's just, I don't, as much as I have palace intrigue and like love Hollywood, that's something I'm glad that I don't have to deal with is like having all of that under such a, so much of a microscope because we all have to deal with that in some way, shape or form. Like that's all coming up with us. 
each each and every one of us, if it's not, we're not being honest with ourselves, but to kind of have that scrutiny, I'm like... Joanna in the chat brought up, there's a big moment about this with like a hair oil TikTok situation going on about like, can white women use hair products that were made and marketed to black women and for black hair textures? And I think I haven't, I mean, I've sort of caught wind of that. I don't, I can't really speak to it, but what is the purpose behind what you're doing? Are you profiting or benefiting from it in some way? Are you picking and choosing what you take and leaving the rest. I had to look this up because I really wanted to see it. It's just a news article. I'm just, can I read it really quick? It just says it's no secret. It's no secret that TikTok has the ability to blow up products, brands, and individuals from zero to hero overnight, but it's worshipped algorithm. And I'll post a link to this article so we can make sure that we are tagging this appropriately. It's worshipped algorithm doesn't always ensue a positive outcome. At the end of last year, -year 22-year-old influencer Alex Earl posted her top 22 Amazon purchases on the rapidly growing social media platform where she raved about the, is it Mayel? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Mayel Organics Rosemary Mint Hair Oil for its tremendous hair growth. The blonde-haired and blue-eyed Miami student didn't anticipate the controversy that would later be sparked online with hotly debated conversations moving from her 3.7 million followers to wider communities on TikTok. Black consumers immediately expressed their concerns that the Black-owned beauty products specifically targeting kinky and coily hair would sell out and no longer be available to the minority it was created for. Then this goes down a whole rabbit hole of like, we, I was just talking, who was Free I talking market about this? market and like, yeah. Well, I was just talking about this with my friend who has diabetes and she's like this medication that everyone's using for weight loss all these Hollywood people are using for what I don't know what the heck it's called. She's like, I can't have I don't have access. Anyway, so many, so many things, so many things. What do we got going in the chat? <laughs> I feel like I just went off on a spiral. I know. Chiming in about the different angles of appropriation, Joanna summarizing the story that you just read. And then more comments on Gwen. Is there a new No Doubt album coming out? If only. I don't think so. I wish there was. There's a new Paramore album coming out, which is great. Anyway, I do believe in the no better, do better. I just think with celebrity, going back to Gwen Stefani, I think that it's because she has such an influence to handle it the way that it seemed and appeared. I I would hope that she would come out with something a little more forceful of a rebuttal of how it, like, because if I was portrayed in that way, and it was, it was like completely not what I said, or I would want to say, let me clear the air and kind of own up to what you did say or didn't say. But I also wonder, though, if like at some point you just don't even go there because it's like you would just spend your whole life doing that. This is a conversation that we could have from a million different angles all day, I feel like. All day. It starts to make my head hurt. So maybe we should just like cap it for a 10 minute combo and move on. All right. So the reason that we are recording this on Friday instead of during the weekend is because I'm going skiing at a place where I probably have no business going skiing. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit every time I do like a trip like this, I talk a little bit about the idea behind like just trying something and not um, talking yourself out of fun experiences just because you don't think you're going to be good at them. This might be a little bit on the side of like, putting yourself into a dangerous situation. Cause sometimes there's a fine line between, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do something, you know, kind of like quote unquote, let yourself be a beginner versus like, it's going to be dangerous if I do this. And so I shouldn't do it. A couple of months ago, I very innocently entered my name into a raffle that we had at work. So I work in the outdoor industry. We had a raffle for, um, some em- employees to go skiing at a place in Southwest Colorado called Silverton. 
It is a ski resort only very loosely by the definition of the word. It has one lift that takes you to the top of the mountain and it's not groomed, which is pretty much like what you pay for when you go to a ski resort is that they take out these giant, giant snow cats with these giant, giant, I don't know, what would you call them? Combines on the front that, and you roll over the snow with it and it like makes the snow a nice, even texture. So it makes it like a Zamboni for the snow. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. It makes it, it's called corduroy. Like it makes it look, it's like very uniform and even. Mm -hmm. That also makes like a little bit safer because it like takes away a lot of the variability of the conditions. This resort doesn't have that. And all of the terrain is like very steep. There's a lot of trees. The steeper something gets and the more enclosed it gets in terms of ski runs, the more difficult it is. Because if you think about when you're skiing, the lower the pitch and the wider the run, the more room you have to kind of navigate where you want to go and the more room you have to kind of make decisions about when and where you're going to turn, the more technical a ski run gets. It basically like you only have a few locations where you can turn. You have to like, which causes you to have to be at a certain speed. Often you have to follow like one specific line and like that can be kind of tricky. So I'm going there this weekend. I would call myself like a pretty middle of the road intermediate skier. I mean, I've been skiing my whole life. I'm not like a big adrenaline junkie. And there comes a point in skiing where you just can't go that much farther with your skill level if you're not like chasing a thrill. And I think that's probably this, the way it is with like kind of most sports like that. I guess you, you know, extreme sports. There's only so much you can do if you just want to hang out. You know, like last year I had a couple episodes about this where I was like, I just don't want to try hard. Right. It was so funny because I, on a side note, one of my coworkers, um, I was telling, I'll talk about this in later, but I was talking about the stair climb that I posted and I was like, I really want to do the stair climb. Maybe I'll do it. And she's like, well, what about your, cause she knows I have a podcast. She's like, what about your podcast co-host? And I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> she, no she doesn't have that bone you. in her. Thank you. <laughs> not interested in climbing a bunch of stairs for fun. <laughs> not something like my type of fun. However, this is combines a lot of things that I really love. You know, it's going to be in nature. It's like, I do love skiing. I love being in the mountains. It's a beautiful part of the state. Southwest Colorado is unlike the rest of Colorado. The mountains are so different in this part of the state and they're so much steeper, which is why it's like a big deal. So anyway, I have all week been like every day I've had to talk myself out of coming up with some BS excuse and not going. And I leave tomorrow. So I'm kind of like, I think I've passed the threshold and I'm driving. It's myself and a coworker and I'm driving us. So that's another way that I'm keeping myself from backing out. I think I'm just bringing this up to say that like, this is also how I felt before I went to Ireland. This is also how I felt last year before I went to Mexico. Like I think from the outside, I seem like this like real motivated, like I'm going to just do it. I'm going to get out there and like try new things. I'm a risk but inside, taker. I do. Yeah. Right. Inside I'm screaming and curling into a ball. Mm-hmm. Like inside, I'm rocking back and forth in a wall. Under like, the covers, I don't wanna, under a don't weighted make me blanket. Try stuff. Yeah. Don't make me try new hard. Don't make me try hard stuff. And ultimately, so far, I'm 100%, you know, whatever, two for two on it not being as hard as I thought it was going to be, on like it being totally respected that I am a lower ability level. This is just with surfing. But the thing that I'm continuing to learn is that if something is, and again, like, this is notwithstanding situations where it's actually dangerous for you to be doing it because your skill level is not there. Like don't go jump out of a helicopter if you've never been skiing before. Oh my God, that's the other thing. I have a helicopter reserved for me if I want it to helicopter me up 
to ski from a helicopter. Like you don't like ski out of the hell. I don't think you like jump out of the helicopter. Everyone gets has like one heli ride reserved for them. Wait, why again? Why? Because there's no lifts. Mm. <laughs> I know that face. Like what? So like cool, but also this is what I'm saying, guys. Like don't like. Don't say, well, Claire said I can go heli skiing if I've never been skiing before if I believe in myself. That's not what I'm saying. You can't do that. You Mm -mm. will get hurt. Mm -mm. I think that I am trying very hard in my life to take things that are maybe like kind of on the margins of my ability level and push myself to do them with the mentality of like, why not just try? And if I get there and I hate it, then I'll just sit out the rest of the time. And that's fine. That hasn't happened yet. I get there and I love it. So this is what I'm So you're leaving tomorrow? Leaving tomorrow morning. By the time you hear this, I will be back, hopefully. Because mm-hmm. you get back what, Sunday? Tuesday. Oh, t- oh, it's a four It's an eight-hour drive. Whoa. Like, you have Whoa. to drive down through Durango and like up. It's like in between. It's in between Ure and Durango. Like kind of near Telluride. It's Telluride. on like the other side of Telluride. I can't, I can't not sing that song every time I hear Telluride. Okay. I don't know that song. I don't know a song about Telluride. I don't know Telluride by Tim McGraw. What? Oh, no. I don't know Tim McGraw songs. Sorry. It's such a great song. It's like a very like <laughs> romantic saucy song. It's about a girl in Telluride <laughs> that he remembers fondly. Let's see. Fondly, <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. Danielle says, where was it? It was a great- basically says like if you don't like it, you can all sit in the hot tub and just have soup, right? Like you can yeah, just <laughs> totally. I mean, there there will be a moment where I'm at the top of the mountain and I have no choice but to get myself back down the mountain where it will be like, but at the same time, I am at I am of an ability level where I can get myself down the mountain regardless of this, the conditions. It just might take me a really long time and it might yes. not be fun. Right. It might not be fun. I'll be crying the whole time, but I definitely right. can do it. Yeah. But I am I have enough experience and skill that I can get myself down. And that is sort of what I'm telling myself. It's like at the end of the day, unless I get injured, which I can't control anyway, or which could happen to anyone at any ability level, unless I get injured, I can get myself down the mountain. It might just take like a thousand years. It might take me all day. I might do one run. Fine. That's great. That was my experience. I got to the top. It was too dang hard. I did one run and I got down. I went and sat in my car and met every, met up with everyone else at the hotel afterwards. So Aaron not a problem. Know, Aaron wants to know, does Claire like hot tubs? Isn't humans, isn't human yeah, soup no, with... Correct, Aaron. You're correct. Claire does not like hot tubs. I think it feels like I'm in people soup and I don't like it. You don't like hot tubs either. Yeah. I'm so impressed, Aaron, that you knew this about me. Yeah. I'm I really like impressed. I was like, great point. No, hot I don't like hot tubs. I think I've said this before on the podcast. It's people soup. I don't like being in there with people that I don't know, or even that I only sort of know, or even that I know really well. I don't want to, I'm not going to like be in there with all your Swimming's okay though, because it's larger. And no like jets. I think the jets are what make me feel like we're all just like simmering in there together. Mm. Like <laughs> Simmering. <laughs> I don't like it. But swimming pools are okay. Larger body of water. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't <laughs> love swimming pools either, but that's not why. Uh-oh. I just like swimming in a swimming pool to me is not that interesting. <laughs> But yeah, I think I learn like the- things about you every day. It's not that interesting. <laughs> You're just getting some water. Yeah, I don't know. I think the like pools, I don't feel as bad because I'm not like sitting shoulder to shoulder with them. Like, why are hot tubs so small? That's a great point. You're like in a little soup can That's with a great one point. another. Yeah. How about saunas? Hot steam rooms? Yeah, saunas are fine. Okay. Again, I like, I don't love being hot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's the other part of it is like sauna, like I could take or leave a sauna just mostly because I don't love being hot. Yeah. Okay. Danielle's probably right. It's harder to keep, the bigger the hot tub, the harder it is to keep hot. That's why they're so small. Although like in Glenwood Springs, they have that hot, the hot spring that's like the size of a giant swimming pool and the whole thing is hot. Yeah. That I find gross for different reasons. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
because it smells like farts because it's like a sulfur situation and but you don't know what people are doing in there i just don't know what people are doing there people are doing stuff in there they are doing stuff have you ever been to strawberry hot springs in steamboat no i think it's the reason in steamboat which is a ski town in sort of like northwestern Colorado, northwestern mountains. There is a really well-known hot springs that after dark becomes clothing optional. It's a sex hot springs after dark, basically. like Sex springs? <laughs> sex springs. I cannot tell you how many people I know who have gone there and like some couple is over in the corner, like clearly just doing stuff, going doing at it. stuff. Oh, no thanks. No, 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 no thanks. No. No to sex springs? <laughs> Just say no. Okay. But then, like, it's not like they clean it before the next day when, like, those kids go in there. It's still there. Ew. Yeah. Not great. So hopefully this time next week, I'm back and you guys have seen tons of fun Instagram stories from me and not an Instagram story (laughs) of me getting, like, yeah. Putting out the content. Hopefully none Instagram stories of me in, like, a leg cast. Although I am buying trip insurance for my surf trip before I leave just in case I injure myself. That's my big concern. The, mm-hmm. the worst case scenario here would be that I like get into a situation where I do get hurt and then I can't go surfing next month. So cross your fingers for me that that doesn't happen. Smart I don't call. even care. Like if I end up like crying in a tree somewhere because I'm so like tired and like can't get down, fine. What I don't want to have happen is like twist my knee or something to the point where yeah. I can't go surfing next month. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, sending good thoughts. Hopefully it'll be fine. You know, it would calm you down for that trip. Tell me, Joy, what would calm me down? I think... I think you know what I'm talking about. Now, after the sex, after the sex springs content block we just did, that uh, that comment came across real weird. Oh no, Ned, we love you. Please don't judge us for the content that we say before or after. If only you could see Joy's bright red face. We're talking about our favorite sponsor, Ned. Thank you, Ned. Thank you for sponsoring the show. We're really excited about the Shut Eye Chai. The Shut Eye Chai. I do love it so much. I've been drinking this pretty consistently, and. It is delicious. Now, I have found the key because people are really weird about chai and like consistency and and mixing it. And what I have found to be the most helpful for me is use one of those little milk frothers to mix it up really well. And I like to drink it mixed with oat milk. It's a little bit thicker. I haven't tried it with water, but my theory, I'm no scientist, is it binds to the milk better. I don't think but it's delicious. it holds up because oat milk, I don't think, has any like milk proteins in it. But I agree. If you have tried it, and we've heard some people say that like the consistency wasn't their favorite, the milk frother makes a huge difference. We've also heard some people say that the flavor was not what they were expecting. It's a very like chai spice experience. Yeah. It's not a super mm-hmm. sweet drink. I love that about it because I don't want it to feel like I'm drinking hot chocolate. I think like some people are have chai and they're expecting it's not a Starbucks chai. You know, it is a very spicy, deep, rich flavor. I love it so much. I drink it almost every single night. It is a super blend latte for sleep that combines adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, and magnesium, the best ingredients out there with a masala chai inspired spice body. It's like cinnamon, clove, ginger, very warming. It's like being wrapped in like a little blanket. And it doesn't just set you up for amazing sleep. It has ingredients like chaga and reishi and ashwagandha, which are super deeply nourishing to your entire body. So you're getting a ton of additional benefits in addition to all the relaxation. It's just really helping support balancing your systems. It is crafted just like all of Ned's amazing products from the highest grade single origin ingredients, ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms 
We love this product. We love all of Ned's products, honestly, because we love Ned so much. All natural, made from functional botanicals, fungi, herbs, plants, minerals, roots, spices, And Ned shares third-party lab reports, tells you who farms their products, and talks about their extraction process so there are no secret ingredients. They don't have anything to hide. The Shut-Eye Chai does not contain CBD, caffeine, melatonin, or dairy. So if you are worried about any of those things, you don't have to worry about them here. Give it a try. Use the scent code JOY for 15% off your order. You can go to helloned.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash JOY or use the scent code JOY for 15% off. And if you're not in the mood for Shut-Eye Chai, give their hemp blends a try. Try out their amazing hemp chapstick that we love so much. Support Ned. And thank you so much, Ned, for supporting our podcast. And we hope that you love these products as much as we do. Thank you, Ned. I'm going to transition to the Golden Globes really quick. Don't think you watched it (laughs) because you don't have television. (laughs) Did anyone in the chat watch the Golden Globes? I just have to say one of my biggest pet peeves. Movie stars, if you're listening, if you are about to go to the Golden Globes, and you are nominated for an award, if you are nominated for any award, Golden Globes, Oscars, whatever, is anyone in the chat going to say what I think they're going to, let's see if anyone guesses what my like pet peeve is, is if you're going to go and you're nominated and you win, please don't be the person that goes up there and says, I didn't want, except for Steven Spielberg. Spielberg did this and he's okay because he's Spielberg. He can do whatever he wants. He has earned it. And he is such a good speaker that he won't, like, mess this up. But they get up then, like, I didn't want to jinx it. I don't have a speech. Don't wing it. Don't wing it. Yes. Never wing it. So the guy that won, yeah, always, 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 always. Also, I feel like if you are a movie star, this is my movie star stereotype. Are you not always, pr- like, practicing your acceptance speeches? Like, are you not waking up every morning and just, you wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and go, I would like to thank the Academy for this honor. Just, I'm so honored to be nominated. Like, there you go. First two sentences right there. I'm honored. It was an honor to be nominated. Thank you so much to my cast and my family. I just gave a better acceptance speech just now. Yeah. So don't wing it unless you're me or Steven Spielberg. It's like I was cringing because Jeremy <laughs> Allen White, who who plays the main character in The Bear, which I absolutely loved that show. Amazing, amazing show. But he he won... I think it was Best Actor. It wasn't supporting. So he won for Best Actor. And he just like, he just flubbed it so bad. He just got up there and he said, um, like a bazillion, um, 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 um. He was so nervous. And that's the other thing. I don't care how famous you are. That has to be the most nerve wracking thing to get up there in front of all these other famous people. And you're on TV and it's live to be able to have your thoughts to say a speech. Are you kidding me? So he just, he, oh, it just, it kind of broke my heart in a way because I'm like, this is your moment. Jennifer Coolidge was one of the best speeches because she just went up there and she was hilarious. Google it, watch it. It was so funny. I have seen that where she like is puts her, she's like, can I set this down? Can I set this I down? Work I don't out. work out. Yeah. <laughs> she was, and she had such a great speech and it was like, Part funny, but part from the heart. Mike White was hilarious because he at the end like was so drunk by the time he got up there. He's like, I had this great speech in Italian that I was going to say because their last season they filmed in Italy. So he was like, I was going to say this entire speech in Italian, but now I'm drunk and they didn't feed us. So thank you. Like, because he forgot it. That's hilarious, you know? And I think the Golden Globes also comes across as more of like a casual show. Like, there's it's the funny show. It's the cool show. And I'm like, and you have a platform. Go up there and say something that you stand for. Like, get the word out about big issues. Totally, yeah. You know? Right. 
If like if nothing else, just go up there and be like, I'm here to support the women under the Taliban regime who can't go to school anymore. Thank you. Good night. Like yeah. done. Like the showrunner for Glee and all the shows. Oh my gosh, Ryan, what's his name? Why am I just I names are just It's fine because most of us don't know who any of these people are. So You don't know who the showrunner of uh, Ryan Murphy? Thank you, Ryan Murphy. He no. has written like a bazillion shows. And so he went up there. His was so good. He he won for I think it was like a outstanding person of, of the year <laughs> of the decade amazing amazing speech because he recognized other people so not that anyone in hollywood's going to hear this but i feel like they need to do better about like using that platform for something good we're in a society that we just like if you got a platform like use it for the greater good don't just sit there and like stumble over your words and say you didn't write a speech because you didn't want to jinx it not okay i mean you've wanted an emmy did you have yeah to but we didn't have to we didn't do speeches yeah which oh. was thank god that was just for like regional stuff and you know, I got to just hey, I I got to hang out with like Kyle Clark from Nine News, who I love. You know, you that's know like you love Kyle Clark. <laughs> you bring it up a lot. Actually, I love Kyle Clark so much, you guys. I love like, him. Oh, like, <laughs> he was nice to me at the Emmys. I don't think I would thank people. I think I would tell a funny story about like the project that I worked on, or I'd talk about like for me. And I actually did a speech. They like put it on YouTube. But I talked about the teens that I worked with. Like, I wasn't, like, it was not about me. So I would always make it about, like, the project or something funny, something kind of, like, behind the scenes or, you know, oh, I was just someone who, like, approached the television station and had, like, a photo book of an idea. I had no experience. And then these guys took me under their wing and, like, here we are and how funny that is and how many teens were affected by it. Like, that's what I would say as opposed to, like, I'd like to thank so-and-so. I don't know. But I did have some palace intrigue when I was watching the Golden Globes. It always just makes me want to go to Hollywood so bad and just, like, hang out and, like, see if I can see someone famous. Honestly, I think, like, a dream job for you would be, like, a um, usher on the red carpet. Totally. Who can get Joy that job? Because please, somebody, please. And well, Tina, Tina's in the chat. She's like worked with a lot of famous people. She's seen yeah. a lot of famous people. I know it. Lester Holt. It's true. One time she almost made guacamole for Oprah. <laughs> yeah, or a seat filler would be even better because an usher you'd have to like get. Oh my it would gosh. be like can a lot of someone pressure. please get me someone please get me just like a famous adjacent role that I could just please. I'm begging you. I think that's my goal in 2023. That's all I want. Just enough to be around them so you can hear what they're saying. Oh, Close enough that you can overhear the conversations. Yeah. You're just going to turn your hearing aid up all the way. All the way. And you're going to wear something fabulous. You're going to have – and people are going to come up to you and ask you if you work out because you have your shoulders. That's what – this is going to be your experience. That's going to be my experience. And They're going to comment to you – they're going to compliment you on your lipstick, ask about your shoulders, and you're going to be like, thank you. Yes, I'm fantastic. It is your turn in front of the camera – Minnie Kaling. Go ahead. Yeah, you're totally right on. I just want to be like in the mix of it to be the fly on the wall, but actually be the fly in the room. You want to like be in the mix. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. I will say this. I don't think, who cares? Ryan Murphy's not going to listen to this. I don't think all of his shows are that great. Like for all the love that he gets, his shows aren't that great. Like they're like, eh. They are entertaining enough if there's nothing else on Netflix. Ooh, I can't believe I said that. But, that, but like, I think Glee was amazing, but... Joy, I don't think you have any room to bad math right now if you're trying to become a fly on the wall. You got to, like, you got to up your... <laughs> up your karma. <laughs> You're going to be like, I don't know, I listened to that girl's podcast and she is not nice. Like that time that the guy from Mean Girls heard our podcast. Exactly. And we called him One Hit Wonder and that was, like, the one time we ever said anything bad about him and he was like, well, they called me a One Hit Wonder on our podcast and we were like, that was one time. 
To be fair. Okay, yes, that's very true. And Ryan Murphy kind of like runs Hollywood right now. So I'm not like, we'll cut all of that out. Probably not. No one's gonna listen to that. The girl who was like acquaintances slash friends with him sent him that episode. And I'm like, no, don't send him the episode where we called him a one hit wonder. He actually listened to it. And he's like, no, I'm not interested. And I was like, why would you do that? You're on tour promoting a Mean Girls cookbook. You're a one hit wonder. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Aaron Samuels. We digress, as always. <laughs> well, let's have the Aaron Samuels from Broadway on because he was yes. so yeah. hot. <laughs> so hot. Okay, so you are reading, speaking of house intrigue, speaking of being a fly on the wall, you burned through. I haven't burned through it. It is like oh. 20 hours long of listening. I'm not kidding. It's the longest book that I've ever listened how to. Far are you, how far into it are you? I'm probably halfway. I have seven hours left. Okay. <laughs> All I've heard, of, I mean, I haven't started. I might, I may or may not read it. I'm not like that. As we all know, I don't have to explain this to you people, you know, you know me, but I have been seeing a lot of Instagram content about the part where he talks about his penis. Mm-hmm. Have you gone to that part yet? I just, I am there right now. I am in the penis face. <laughs> I mean, is it like as weird in context as it seems no. on Instagram? Okay. No, none of it is like, <sighs> so here's what I'm going to say. And I would love to, again, please chime in chat. We're here for all of the and things that you have to say. But I've watched as just an outsider for the past however many years when he was dating Megan and when they were about to get married. You're and not I loved- part of the royal British family? <laughs> thank, thank you for clarifying that you're watching as an outsider. Just in case anyone's wondering, I am not related to the royals. That's so funny. God. So I, you know, followed them, saw the whole drama, like everyone's seen it, right? Everyone's seen all the things and all the books. And I I think I read like a second account book of someone who did like a story of how they met, the story of Meghan and Harry. And, you know, that was like a long, long time ago. So then all this stuff like comes out where they leave and I watched the Netflix documentary. And like this whole time, whenever I would see something about Meghan, I just remember being like, and I also am friends with a Brit who has a lot of uh, opinions about uh, about it in a very very different way, looks at it very differently from me. Something about the story, I remember always being like, oh, they really like paint her in a poor light. But once I saw the Netflix documentary, there was something that I was like, oh, oh, that's what it was when Oprah did her interview. I remember feeling like, I don't know if this like was a good thing or a bad thing that they did. There was like something that felt really off to me. But again, it's sh- it's a show. But like with Oprah, normally you feel like that comfort. And anyway, so I just remember feeling like I'm not totally satisfied with like understanding this whole story. Not that it's my job to understand. Like I'm just some random person. But it never really sat well with me either. So I just like, whatever, file it away. Netflix documentary comes out and I was like, oh, 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 oh. I have such a deeper understanding of like what they've gone through And so I think, you know, as I'm reading Harry's book, and Scott said this too, because Scott's like, I have such a judgment towards him writing a book. And like, there's kind of like this tendency for us to kind of want to bash it in a way, or at least from my from what I'm seeing in like media, I don't think any of us can offer an opinion. When a rock star writes a book, we have some level of understanding of just being a human in the world. No one, I don't know many people who understand what it's like to grow up in a royal family. (laughs) No one understands that. And so I think like, we can't put any of our template of thinking onto his life. And so I immediately when I watched the Netflix documentary, I was like, Oh my gosh, I immediately felt like, 
so sad for Harry, so sad for Megan, so like compassion, like so much compassion for what they've gone through, because I'm like, I have no idea what that's I, I will never even understand. And then with Harry, I have such a sadness, I think, from like the therapy standpoint, like behavioral standpoint, I'm like, you lost your mom in such a tragic way. And you had no really good coping skills modeled to you of how you should deal with it. It was the Royals, you just like, you know, the, there's a quote in the book of like, never explain, never complain, never explain. And so you kind of have like, anyway, there's so much to it. There's so much to it. But I am feeling very compassionate towards Harry as he's telling all these stories. And I think letting him have this power to tell every single, I think he made it that long because he's like, I don't want one thing left out that the media can twist or that the media can have a narrative on because the media killed his mother is like how he's viewing it, which I agree. And so that is his experience. And so like, he's going into such great detail detail about all the things that he's been through and the war and, you know, getting frostbite on his penis. Like, it's not in a way of weirdness. It's just like, he wants us to see him as a human. And he's like, his whole life, he has been the spare. He's been just a royal who he's like, I've never really earned anything. I just was born into a title. He doesn't feel like he has like any special talent type of thing. So it wasn't, he's like, I haven't earned anything. So his whole life, he's kind of been just wanting to be a normal person who's earned the right to be here type of thing. I find that really beautiful. And so like when I'm listening to this, like I, not to be overdramatic, but I've never felt such a like want to like go to someone and be like, I see you, I hear you, you're valid. Like <laughs> you are so, you're such an amazing person. Like because his whole life, his narrative has been stolen from him. And like, this is his chance to just lay it all out. And I can't even imagine the years and years and years of what he's up against of like stepping away from the royal family of the narratives that they have had to live in and how he's honoring his mother because she was on that other side, kind of like with him of being the quote unquote rebel. So I don't know. I just, I think it's beautiful and honest and sad and tragic. And I, you know, the stories are going to come out because obviously the media has to do that. But I just, I don't believe any of like the drama or the weirdness around it because I'm like, it's his story to tell and his whole life, it's just been stolen from him. That's a pretty deep take. Well, I'd like to see what everyone is saying too. Yeah. So we have some folks in the chat saying, wondering if he's going to regret it, wondering if it is such like a complex story. Someone says, I think it's fine to feel and think multiple conflicting things about it. Like, I think that that's really true because that's kind of how we feel about everyone in this world. Like if you know someone well, you probably have a complex kind of take on their life. And Mm -hmm. I, but I also think that the one thing, again, I haven't read it, but I think one thing that's really interesting about sort of a tell all like this is still having to have the understanding that like this still can't capture someone in their true complexity. Right. You know, I think Scott, and Scott doesn't like think ill of any of them, but I think he sees like, oh, they're just making all this money by doing Netflix and they're doing books and they're doing, I'm like, yeah, but in a way I don't blame them. Like their whole life was taken from them when they got when they got married. And all of this, you can read, I mean, the Netflix documentary explains all of this, the docuseries about how the media was sold stories and the narrative that came out around Megan was just so, 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 so damaging. I see this truly as like, you know, someone asked about like, looking at it from a therapist perspective. And I go back to that thing of like, this is his chance to own his story. I think it's very healing for him. I think he went through such trauma losing his mother and really Uh, internalizing it and not speaking about it. I mean, he talks about this in the book that he thought she just went away in hiding for years. He didn't believe that she actually died. 
because he was like, oh, she told as a 12 year old, how do you process that? Like, how do you process that? So you kind of look at you have to look at it too. developmentally, you don't think the same way as an adult of 25, 26 years old of like, understanding what death means or where someone's going. The last thing he heard was his mom wanting to get away. And his mom wanting to go in hiding. So he's like, oh, she finally did it. And this was her way of just disappearing. So he truly believed that for years and years and years. And so I just, I see someone who's like been damaged by the family of being called the spare, damaged by losing his mother in such a tragic way. I mean, so much damage and trauma that I think that's the lens that I'm seeing it from is like, he just is trying to earn his right as an individual. And this is how he could do it. And they are doing really amazing things talking about mental health, the Archwell Foundation. So I think that's him going out on his own. I think Megan's a great support for him to do that. They're great support for one another. Not that I know them, but just from what can I can see of like the things that they're actually doing and taking action. I'm in the UK. The, uh, Allison says, I'm in the UK. The narrative is very mixed. People feel for him and think the whole thing is a bit weird, which I can see. I could totally see that because the royal family, I would think like this is who they are in a box and this is how they live. And these are the rules that they live by. And you have like, but I don't know, like in my generation, I saw like all the stuff going on with Princess Diana and Fergie and like, I don't know. So... <sighs> Joanna says, I think it's sad all around, but if he wasn't happy and his wife was was being actively hurt, then I'm glad they got out, which is true. Is this the best biography ever written? I actually would put this up there with some of my favorite biographies. I'll, I, I will always stand by Anthony Kiedis' biography. Autobiography, thank you. The Anthony Kiedis' autobiography of scar tissue is amazing. Yeah, well, Lula also says, did anyone else hear his popularity as Tank since its release? I mean, I think, again, like, it's a... Everything think, goes, like in waves, you know? Yeah. And I am curious to see, like you were saying earlier, you know, Scott makes, has said like, well, they're just making a ton of money. And the thing we always kind of go back to, it's like, girls got to eat. Girls got to eat. Hey, I mean, (laughs) honestly, if that's how you were raised and that's like all you come from and you're like, well, everyone wants to know our story or, or this is probably how I'd think about it if I were him. is the story has been stolen from me my whole life. I'm going to put my story out there with like, you know, whatever idea, whatever money it makes, who cares? I just like, I have to do this for myself. But anyway, I know that was like a very long winded answer about the book. I just, I feel very strongly as just treating people as humans and trying not to be judgmental and forming opinions, which we all do. We all do it. And especially around this family, I'm sure us being Americans, we can't, we don't have the same perspective as if we live there, but it's just sad as someone who lost his mom and is such a tragic, sad way. It's like the family has had so much tragedy. Uh, and, you know, as you reminded us, you're not a royal from the outsider's perspective. Yeah, just in case that was unclear, <laughs> unclear, unclear. Yeah. Have you read Matthew Perry's book? Someone in the chat says, I'm reading the Matthew Perry book now. Yeah, you read that one? and that's really good too. But that one, that one to me was a little weird. I love Friends. I love Matthew Perry. I think it's more, I was in a phase for quite some time, wow, probably 10 plus years ago, of listening to audiobooks by people who are kind of writing this like memoir about their addiction. I find it such an, I think just again, this is more of like a mental health perspective. I think it's such, I think addiction is such a scary, sad thing to go through. But when you deal with it, it's so hard. That's probably why I like Anthony Kiedis's book, because it's all about his ongoing addiction. And so I find that very interesting of how people come 
like overcome that. And so Matthew Perry is probably one of the scariest and has struggled with such severe addiction that I really like his telling of the story. It's sad because the addiction was is is still I mean, I, I know he's claims that he I, I don't know, but like he claims he's sober up to this point. His insides literally exploded from being so addicted to pills, like literally, he almost died because his intestines just exploded. Which happened to the gal from Third Rock from the Sun, too. She wrote a great memoir as well. I didn't know that was like a risk. Wow, guys. Oh, yeah. At some point, you when you just take so many pills, you're in your doctors in the house. Anyone chime in? Like your body is literally just it just eats everything away. And it's just like, we're not working anymore. This it's kind of we're done. Same as like we're quitting. Your, we're going your liver, if, you know, goes out because you drink too much. So that book's good. I would say I didn't like some of the things that he says. It's very clear that he's been in the Hollywood world for so long. Like some of the things he says are kind of like out of touch, you know, but other than that, it's a sad story with an ending of like, he's still here with us. And let's hope I like the interview he did with Diane Sawyer. I haven't read any groundbreaking autobiographies or memoirs recently, but I am trying to read The Midnight Library, which is a fiction book that got a lot of recognition in the last, I don't know, a couple of years, year, year or so. It's okay. I'm about probably three quarters of the way through it. Let's see. It came out in 2020. So um, I'm like three quarters of the way through it. Um, the premise, I hope I'm not spoiling it for anyone. The premise is that it is a woman who at the beginning of the book, she commits suicide because she just feels like she's never made any right choices in her life. And she like doesn't have anything to live for. And she screwed everything up. And she like, you know, her life is just screwed up. And instead of dying, she goes into this like library where she can live all of her alternate lives that like could have been different based on the different decisions that she made throughout her life. And so she starts with the really obvious ones. Like, what if I had never called off my engagement? What if I had never given up swimming like these big ones? And then anyway, it kind of is like very been very repetitive for me where it's just like she just goes through a bunch of lives. And I'm like, is there an arc here? Or are we just going to listen to a bunch of like two days at a time in different scenarios for the entire book and then be done? TBD. It's okay. Um, and then I'm also reading. It's okay is it's code word for whenever we go shopping and I put something on and I'm like, maybe I like it. Scott goes, oh, it's just okay. That's my uh, yeah. word phrase for he doesn't like it. And so I'm like, yeah. oh, you don't like it. <laughs> it's just okay. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I don't know. I'm not, at, I'm not at the end yet. Maybe it'll like have a great ending. Maybe the last like third of the book is really going to bring it home. I don't know yet. I'm also reading Remarkably Bright Creatures, which is, again, another one that has gotten a lot of press. It came out, this one came out not quite a year ago, and it's really sweet and quirky. I'd recommend it if you're looking for a novel and for some reason haven't read it like me. I'm like five years behind on novels that have come out. So there's our little book review corner of the day. We're pretty much out of time. Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone want to chime in? Last minute questions. We're here. We got to wrap up. It's you're you're off to the ball. I know. Um, Mira says, yes, the last third for to bring it home in the last third is too late. I agree. It's like when people say like, there's like a, a show out there with 10 seasons. And they're like, you got to wait till season seven. It gets really good. Like, I'm not waiting till season seven. I'm just going to jump will, to season I will at best seven. wait yeah. until season two. Yeah. yeah. I will give a show one mulligan season before I'm, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's just like, get, get your act together. I am liking, I, I blew through Fleischman is in trouble. If anyone wants a really good show on FX or it's on whatever. I think it's Hulu now. Really, really good. Claire Danes is amazing in it. Oh my gosh. She's probably one of my favorite actresses. I Actors. love Claire Danes. Yeah. Um, mostly just because I love that Romeo and Juliet adaptation so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. I think I like automatically have an affinity for any actress who's ever kissed Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I know. 
swoon. And that was Baz Luhrmann, right? <laughs> did did anyone in the chat, did anyone see Elvis? I have yet to see it. And I don't know why I just like, I'm not ready to like go into that world yet. And also rest in peace, Lisa Marie Presley. Like, yeah, but that, that's that was, a that's a very sad, very sad news. I heard she's painful in Fleischman. No, like if you watched um what whatever the other show that she was in, the, you know what I'm talking about, Danielle, because your guy's in that Homeland? show, but she... Homeland, yeah, like she's great. She's painful in Homeland. <laughs> she's amazing in Fleischman's in Trouble. She's so, 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 so good. So we're going to wrap up with that. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 15% off your order. Try the Shut I Chai. It's really worth trying. It's going to give you some really luxurious, relaxing sleep. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire.com. Thank you so much for being here. We will talk to you next Thursday. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Bye.